0: This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au.
1: Welcome to How Gen Y Buy. Each week, we speak to everyday Australians to discover the unique ways in which they are entering the property market. Learn how Gen Y are beating the odds and getting their foot on the property ladder with your host, Nathan Smith, the Managing Director and Mortgage Broker at Birdie Wealth.
2: Welcome back to another episode of How Gem Why Buy. I'm your host, Nathan Smith. Today I've headed down the south coast to Kayama to meet up with a couple who have decided to leave the Sydney market, head out and take the sea chain down the coast. Welcome to the show, Kurt and Amy.
1: Nate.
2: Thanks for coming in. We're in your nice little house here, tucked away in one of the back rooms while the kids are out playing you certainly turned on the weather and uh, shown potentially why you've headed down here. Mm -hmm. All about
0: that South Coast lifestyle.
2: (laughs) So how long have you been down here for? It's
1: been um, a bit of a back and forth. We brought, I think, three years ago. And we had a big plan to not move here for five years. And then we found that we were coming to Kayama every single weekend just to enjoy the lifestyle. And we were driving past our property that someone else was lucky enough to be living in. And um, in the end, we said, what are we doing? Let's um, speed up that five-year plan and just bite the bullet and move it.
2: So, to uh, go back to the very start, we're going to start with Kurt's story initially. So, he first purchased a property in the Sydney market, a unit there to live in, and now he's made the move down the coast. So, why did you get into property?
0: Uh, I think for me, really, it was, I guess, right timing and something that I wanted to do I always wanted like the idea of having my own house I'm quite handy and um, for me the unit was a step in the right direction towards a house because I wasn't able to afford a house in the Sydney market so um, and even with the unit at the time it was quite a stretch for me Um, I had to make some lifestyle changes that involved me deciding not to go overseas when a lot of my mates were uh, traveling and just sort of taking away those unnecessary extras like late night nightclub drinks and uh, getting to bed a bit earlier and doing a little bit extra work on the weekends here and there. And it was tough for the first little bit, and, but yeah, really glad that I did it because it set me up really well long term.
2: Yeah, I find a lot of it's just getting into the rhythm too, isn't it? Just adjusting and making those first few payments and then once you start to see the new structure and the way the bills are coming out, you adjust your lifestyle accordingly.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Once, you, uh, once you've once you set up your direct debit or whatever, you don't notice the money, you know, it's... You, you'd. Use what you've got and, um, yeah, just live within your means. Probably wonder what you did with it all that time where it disappeared to it. Just... Well, I know exactly what I did with <laughs> yeah. it. It's all in yeah. the, uh, <laughs> in pubs or, yeah, yep. clubs <laughs> before that. So much better investment. So you've made the decision to buy a property. What was your first steps in getting some education? Like many people, I guess I really didn't know where to start and it was all a bit daunting. And, um, yeah, fortunately, that's where you came in, I guess, Nathan. Just, uh, came to you for mortgage advice and all of a sudden it wasn't so daunting it was pretty easy actually and i think really walking away from that first one i was like why didn't i do this three or four or five years earlier yeah um and yeah just understanding the way it works but realizing that you don't have to do it all That there's a you know professionals around that help you every step of the way and um, I didn't need to know, I just needed to know what I needed. And um, yeah, you were there to help me with the rest. Yeah, I know, Quite often I hear people say that they don't think they're
2: ready to speak to a broker or they're not in a position to do it. I guess from my point of view, the earlier that we're in contact with somebody, the earlier we can start to get a plan, a strategy in place, the better. Uh, there's certain things that can be changed and amended to make that purchase of a property come sooner if we can't get in contact earlier. So yeah, that's the advice is get in front of a professional, meet up with them have a chat and see what your position is. So you've sat down, we've had a look at your borrowing capacity, you've worked out what your price point is in that market,
0: and then it was off to open homes. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, one of those classic ones. Looked at a bunch of places and I would always say, don't get upset or overly fixated on a place or be too disappointed. It's a pretty tricky market in Sydney. So I saw a few places and they were all getting snapped up pretty quick. And at the time, the uh, first home buyers grant was winding up or one of them was winding up. And so there was a real push for a lot of people to, to get in quick. And, you know, in the scheme of things, an extra $10,000 on a house in Sydney is nothing. Yeah. Um, so don't feel forced to make a rash decision because of what's happening in the market or you know what other people are doing around you I think just make sure that the place is right for you and yeah act accordingly yeah I think
2: you're right it's about focusing on running your own race spending your own budget not getting caught up in the hype what other people are spending uh, just stick to your plan and, and what you're prepared to pay go from there uh, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because I want to focus on the purchase down here in Kiyama, so by that stage, you've now met Amy. Yeah. Hiking yeah. in the back of Tasmania somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go too much into a love story here. That's, that's for the next podcast. I guess. We'll do love stories. So you've met, you've um, been together for a while. There's a decision now made to buy a property. Mm. Where have you gone with that discussion?
1: Well, I, um, at the time that Kurt and I met, owned a apartment in Bondi. Um, which I bought after moving here from London and had made a decision before meeting Kurt to um, sell that property. And so we actually hadn't been together very long at all, had we? Maybe three months when we decided to buy together. Um, And so I decided to sell my place in Bondi. And I think very casually mentioned to Kurt one weekend, oh, why don't I buy a place in Kayama? Right. And, and he said, why don't we buy a place together? Right. <laughs> and it really was that much of a casual, um, easy conversation. Um, and then we started looking. With this very slow, there's no rush. We want to wait until we find the perfect place. There was no pressure on us because we both already had a roof over our heads. Mm. Um, and so we just started leisurely going to book, um, to viewings down here.
2: Is there more emotion, do you think buying this this
0: property as opposed to your first ones because it was more a longer term? I think the same. I think anytime you make a, a big commitment like that, but what I would say with this property, I guess that was it's sort of our our future, really, mm-hmm. together. So yeah, probably the emotional side of being in a couple rather than being in a single, it was a very different situation. The perhaps is I, a think, bit longer.
1: <laughs> I think the criteria is very different. Definitely for my first property. I was looking for eight to something I could afford. You know, realistically, you might want four bedrooms and a garden, but that's probably not going to happen for your first property unless you're in a lucky situation to have an inheritance or just a fa- fantastically well paid job. Um, so with my first property, I just wanted a good investment one bedroom. I think I had one and a half bedrooms, but the half bedroom was really a cupboard.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but with the, this property, we wanted rooms for children we wanted a garden and more than anything we wanted a lifestyle we had both spent i think five or six years before meeting each other working our butts off just working six or seven days a week 10 12 hour days and um, part of buying here was to buy work-life balance and everything that came with that
2: so it's a conscious change to make that sleepy town move and yes. adopt some of that lifestyle that comes with it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That's what we were buying, like way more than just a property. We were buying a new life.
2: Yeah. So what did you know about Kiama and the area that you bought in prior to looking down here?
0: Oh, well, fortunately for me, Kiama was sort of a second home growing up, so was very familiar with the area. Um, And I mean, the thing that we're really pleasantly surprised at was bringing, I guess, Sydney money, as I call it, like being used to the Sydney market and coming down here, everything was so much more slow paced. It wasn't properties being snapped up in a wink. And I remember being really cautious when i was trying to close when we were trying to close the deal on this because i was like oh you know i really want to get the signed contract down and i can drive down today and do it and the uh, real estate agent was like oh no, no no worries we'll just see you when when we see you and coming from sydney where there was that real uh you know you had to watch out you might get gazumped and down here it just wasn't a thing it was a, a handshake or a verbal deal and you know that's, that's our word and that's our bond and it was yeah nice and a great thing to be moving into <laughs>
2: yeah i guess the longer i've been a broker now the more conscious i am of the fact that different markets do their exchanges slightly different and uh, quite often along the south coast in illawarra it is just done on a handshake or a verbal to say no we've, we've, we've agreed we'll hold the property for you mm. and get down here when you can where the sydney market's very different if it's not in writing it nothing counts so
1: and we had um We had also done our research into the rental market here, which was a super, would be my advice to people. Um, We were lucky that Kurt's family members have had rental properties in Kayama for years and from their experience had never had any issues um, from renting it out over the course of, you know, eight years probably. Um, And we spoke to other people who also had rental properties here and said, we've never had problems renting it out because that was part of our plan we brought here and then we went traveling to South America for four months. And we always wanted ideally to be able to rent here out whilst we traveled. And we were very lucky to be able to do so. And our rental income covered our mortgage whilst we were traveling across Bolivia and Peru, where the cost of living is practically nothing. Um, So we were able to travel and make money whilst travelling because of this purchase.
2: Well, the last thing you want, I guess, if you were over in the back of Peru somewhere, is trying to find a new tenant for your property in (laughs) Kayama. Well,
1: funnily enough, we had that. We actually had um, someone who'd moved into our rental and then because of a change in work had to break a contract and move out. And luckily, we had really good um, rental management in Kayama who just completely replaced them, got a new tenant in, sent us an email. We didn't even know. We were in the back end of Bolivia and it was all sorted out for us.
2: Now, the the financing process on your second purchase compared to your first process, you've gone through it now before. Did you feel a lot more comfortable understanding what was next and what was happening? or Was it still quite daunting? Yeah, I
0: think it is. Always a little bit daunting because it is It is new and it's not my area of expertise. You know, I'm an environmental consultant, so, you know, ask me about that. No dramas, but coming to rental on property and, you know, the steps in purchasing a house, um, a bit out of my comfort zone. So, But I think really exciting though is is what I would say and take that along with some of the minor stress. But, uh, yeah, I think the difference was buying my first property was – uh, strata entitlement so quite different in that regard I guess that a few little bits and bobs to think about like building inspections and that kind of thing that generally were sort of just a bit more covered um, on the strata side of things but yeah I think it's just one more step of due diligence to do to have a building inspection done or something similar to make sure that you are I guess getting what you think you're getting and that you're not inheriting somebody else's problem absolutely
2: mm. yeah yeah
1: I had a very different experience with the first broker that I went to when I was buying my first property and with you, Nate. I think when I definitely won't name names, but I went to quite a high profile celebrity broker the first time round. And I just felt he definitely didn't want to know anything about me personally in my situation. He was happy to look over the numbers, looked at my salary, looked at my income, crunched them all and said, this is what you can get. But he definitely didn't take time to find out about what my plans for the future were, or the property, or how I saw my life being and my motives behind buying. Whereas I felt that coming to you, that was something that you were really interested in. And I think when I bought my first property, it worked out. But I wasn't very educated around the process at all. I really didn't know what I was buying into, or how the figure... That I could borrow how they'd come to that figure. I was just like, great. I can spend that much in a house. I had no understanding of it at all.
2: Yeah.
1: And my second time around buying here was very different.
2: Yeah. I think look for me, that's certainly important. And that, that's what I try and stress as a point of difference with me. It doesn't sound like a, a big point of difference, but it's just, you, you do have to consistently have that understanding that people don't buy a property very often. They, they do it. Once every five years, once every 10 years, they buy a property. A lot of them are doing it for the very first time and and it's a big step. And, and I always think back to when I was on the other side and I was buying my property, how I felt. And even being in the industry, I remember it being a stressful time. I remember being confused as to who do I contact, when do I contact them and what to do. So I guess it's just having that as front of mind and and uh, thinking about what we have to do next. So, you've bought the property, you decided to rent that out, and you kept Kurt, your property up in Guymere, up in Sydney. You've kept that property. Was there discussion about whether to keep that property or to sell that
0: property? We sort of did have that discussion, and I think for us, I was living in that property when I met Amy, and Amy lived there with me. It was really sort of the start of our relationship. So, to a degree, there's a fair bit of emotional attachment to that property. And also the Sydney market being a hard one to get into and also quite a strong market, we really wanted to try and hold on to that and I guess use that as leverage to, to have this place as well, which um, which worked in our favour.
1: And I think from um, buying and then selling my place in Bondi, I had seen the kind of profit you can make in a very short space of time from having a property in Sydney and no. or near the city and um, and so I was aware that even if we could keep the Kurt's original property for another one or two years, then that would be a big advantage to us. Yeah. So I don't think we've actually ever sat down and talked about a long-term plan for that property and how long we hope to hold on to it. I think we're just going to assess our financial situation as the years go on and hopefully we can keep it. I would love to because I think it's something that I feel – very proud of Kurt for buying that on his own um, at a young age in the first place. And so I would really love for us to be able to keep both properties.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's if, if you are in a position to do it and I've had the discussion with couples and the decision has been made both ways, and it's funny. It quite naturally comes out when you start to look at somebody's timeline and what's coming up and what they want to do next and, and changes to lifestyle and family dynamics. The, the story can tend to write itself and with your one, it tended to do that too. Um, but yeah, the, the advantage of keeping it is that there, it can be sold when it can be sold. Anything that's mm. there, any equity or any profit that comes out of it, it's just a bonus for you. You're coping quite comfortably at the moment with this property. Um, so you've got that there as just a, a fallback, almost a rainy day fund.
0: Absolutely, and I mean the the other thing is too. I sort of think pretty far in in the future as well. But if for a, any reason we ever ever had medical issues, you know, having the ability to move back to Sydney into a place that's familiar and close, or likewise, as we have children and they grow up, if they you know need to work in the Sydney job market, then they've got options there where they could um, yeah rent up there and have a bit more stability and know that. They're not going to be renting somewhere for six months and then have to move out and keep skipping to different places. So what's next for you guys?
1: Oh, a patch of land somewhere is our dream.
0: In case Um, of the zombie apocalypse.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) So Kurt is very handy and is lucky to have... Skills. (laughs) Skills. <laughs> I don't have very practical skills, but that's fine. Um, I'll just style style it up. You're <laughs> learning. Yeah, but yeah, we would love to buy a patch of land. Not not particularly as an amazing investment, because um, it might not even have a property on. But as somewhere that we could create a sort of sustainable getaway for us and our family and friends to go to so maybe a, a composting toilet and a few trailers and some TPS and somewhere that um further out from the city again that um our loved ones could go and enjoy and spend time in nature which is something that's super important to us yeah yeah so that's our next long-term goal but who knows how far in the future that
0: would be... Yeah, a little bit trickier, that one, with yeah. uh, borrowing <laughs> capacity for uh, catch a big patch yeah. of
2: bush. so again, <laughs> it's, but we, we've spoken a bit about this, but... The difficulty then with looking at that is just the advantage when you buy a property, it's got a, a house on it is the fact that you've got that rental income to help support you as the property yeah. did when you were overseas. You had that rental support to help prop up your um, repayment on it. But buying the land, that difficulty, like we've spoken about, is the fact that you've, you're committed to the full repayment. It's almost a second mortgage on on your home like mm. you've got yeah. here. Yeah. Now, the the last sort of thing I want to talk about is just looking at, uh, and again, this is probably where Amy might come in with a bit of insight, is what uh, what do you remember about what the media was talking about as you are making different property purchase? Was it mm. all positive? Was it negative?
1: No, it was very negative. And I think it probably, I think in terms of the job market and the property market, I think our age group have graduated, so to speak, into an era where there's a lot of negative self-talk ab- about both of those things. So we're told it's very hard to get a job. It's very hard to get a property. It's very doom and gloom. Almost you may as well just give up and not try. And um, I come from London where that, that voice is even louder than over here.
2: Absolutely. I mean, comparison here is it's various, almost easy yeah. compared
1: to London. And a, a lot of my British friends just don't even consider buying a property They're just saying we're just going to rent forever because that's the only way. And I think myself particularly, I was very eager to kind of prove that wrong and just to find a way, not in an idealistic, oh, I can do anything I want, I can buy properties sort of way, but just very practical, finding a way to make it work for myself when I was single and then for me and Kurt as a married couple with now a baby, um, finding a way to make it work. And that. Can mean compromise Mm. which is something we talk about a lot Um, just finding a way that you can make it work for you even if it means compromising on the dream in your head
2: yeah I think the the difficulty with the with reading headlines and reading what's happening with property is that There can only be two stories in the property market. It can either be the bubble's about to burst or that we're going through a huge boom and property prices screaming. So, if somebody wrote a headline that the property market's doing okay, probably wouldn't get picked up. It's not a very attractive story. (laughs) It's not going to sell papers. I've
1: worked in media for a decade um, and I know the lemming effect of how powerful the press is in changing public opinion and... Even, not even um, the media, but how your friendship group conversations, I think I was talking to you about this the other day, Nay, and how I see in clusters of friendship groups, if one person buys, suddenly other people are like, wow, you bought, maybe I can buy. And we saw this when we bought our second property. Some of our friends said, how did you do it? Maybe that's something we could do. Whereas on the flip side, if someone in a group is saying, oh, I'm never going to be able to buy, I'm going to rent forever then everybody else adopts that mindset. Um, and it's a powerful and quite dangerous thing. Um, I think we can kind of either expi- inspire each other to get out there and see if it's possible or we can definitely drag each other down and we have to be really wary of that.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I see that all the time, uh, particularly where, where somebody in, the fir- in their group of friends makes that first purchase. They get in and make the first purchase <laughs> and then the door opens up. I start to see their friends coming through saying, well someone says bought the property, I'd love to do what they were able to do. How did they do it? And yeah, it's just absolutely they set up positive influence and they they run off the back of that and I guess that's part of what this podcast is about to to is uh just showing people that there are people out there exactly like them who are getting into the property market and and what are they doing is different and, and generally um, the, the case is not too much different they're just uh, potentially saving a little bit more and, and putting their heads down and then getting some advice on it so thanks very much for coming today really appreciate your story and telling telling me how you've got into the market and why you've decided to make that sea change as opposed to staying in the rat race i guess mm. uh, for those who are listening we're up to podcast number three now If you have taken something away from this or really enjoyed it, I'd love for you to subscribe and also give a rating. So I'll have some stuff up on the Facebook page on how to go about doing that. Um, If there's anyone else you know who is looking at buying property and could feed off this advice, please feel free to share it around as well. Last thing before we go, I'll start with you, Amy. What is that one piece of advice you've got for 1st home buyers out there?
1: Um, I think it's really just be willing to think outside the box and that can mean thinking outside the city. Um, There really is a wonderful way of life if you can head south and with job flexibility and remote working, um, it might be more possible than you think.
0: Perfect. Okay. I think my big takeaway from this is... You know, you don't have to live in the first property you buy as well. And sometimes coming from the Sydney market, if you're not able to buy in Sydney but you want to buy, buy somewhere else. You can still maintain your lifestyle. You can rent and live in Sydney but you know that you've got a property there that's... um. Ticking over and creating your wealth, and probably far more than you would get in a if your money's sitting in the bank.
2: Perfect. Two good bits of advice. Maybe look beyond the Sydney market if affordability is an issue. There's plenty of other places that provide a good lifestyle or a good investment property. So combination of both. It's been an episode of How Gen Y Buy. We'll see you back in a fortnight.
1: This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision making nor to be taken as a substitute for specific advice. Please contact Birdie Wealth to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. For more information, go to www.birdiewealth.com.au.